Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by BlackRock Health, providing patients with world-class clinical care and comfort, enabling swifter recoveries. Well, we're in the midst of the festival season right now. And this morning, I'm joined by singer-songwriter and super musician Roshino. Morning, Roshin. Great to Hi, see you again. Miriam. Great to see you. You're looking particularly fabulous. Well, we're going to chat you. in a moment, but first, let's hear your song. This is Heart and Bones. I've tried to sit down and write this song out Feels like a thousand times But I was always too scared of what I might find But if I keep on blocking this pain out It might be too late I love that song. You have a beautiful voice, Roshino. Tell me about that song. Um, that song actually was one of the first songs I wrote for, for this last album, Courageous. And it it's it's one of those sort of screaming, crying on the floor moments. <laughs> <laughs> screaming Adele lyrics into a pillow type of thing. Um, and it, yeah, it, it was the song that really set me on the course for releasing the album and, and going back to being a solo act. And it was really releasing that al- that song. I, re- I released that first in 2020. And uh, it was really releasing that song that the reaction I got, the people who contacted me and t- told me that song really, really felt, mm. meant something to them that made me say, OK, I, ha- I have to do this. I have to release another album. And it was really honest of you, though. I mean, yeah. like, was there a moment when you thought, oh, I'm putting too much of myself out here or not? Yes, there definitely was. But I think I made a decision in my first album. I was very much keeping my cards close to my chest and everything was metaphor and nobody knew what the songs were about. And this was a lot more. Uh, you you can't not know what they're about. <laughs> I'm saying it very simply. I'm literally on the floor crying here. It's like, you know, basically the lyrics there. And uh yeah, but I made that choice and I because I wanted to be honest with people and I think when you in music particularly if you if you give a bit of yourself people can see themselves in that and see the honesty in it and and connect to it more, you know. And you probably got an amazing reaction to it, did you? People were probably thinking or even they can identify with it. Hugely, hugely. I I got you know, I got people calling me about and messaging me online about, you know, obviously it's a song about heartbreak, but it's really a song about grief and and that can come in so many forms. And so many people called me t- telling me they had lost people and this song had gotten them through that. And it's those sort of messages that, you know, make it worthwhile writing songs like that, you know. <laughs> I was just talking to two exceptional women earlier, um, Mary Horgan and Laura Cuddy, and about their kind of, I suppose, the trajectory into their careers. Were you always going to be a singer-songwriter, given you are Mary Black's daughter? <laughs> I always loved singing. I, I remember the first time I got up on stage when I was about 12 um, on the, on my own. And that feeling of uh, of... I actually got a standing ovation that day and I, I, I was cooked to that feeling of of uh, people being moved by my voice, you know, mm. and seeing that reaction. And always wanted to do it, always wanted to sing was my main thing. But uh, my parents were smart. They were like, you can do it. Yeah, but you have to go to college first yeah. and get a degree. <laughs> Be sensible. <laughs> so I went and I got a degree. And But oh, the second I left college, yeah, I was, OK, now it's time to to 
to go to do it and give it a go. And I've been doing that ever since. Because it's such a gift. I mean, you were just born with a beautiful voice. I mean, it is a gift, isn't it? It, it I, I definitely, yeah, it always came easy to me singing. Mm. Um, I was, I'm very lucky that way. You know, other things didn't come as, as easy. Playing instruments and, and writing songs was something that I struggled with at times, but, you know, eventually got better with. But I always had the voice there. Yeah, I was lucky that way. You did a great interview the other day with Kirsty Blake Knox, actually, and she asked you about the Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> so many people are saying this to me now, like, I I would love to do the Eurovision. You know, I think as I've, I've been watching it the last few years and it is a brilliant show. I, I absolutely love it. I think it's got it gets better and better these last few years. And uh, it, it's a huge thing to commit to. It's like six months of the year and... I don't know, you'd really need the country behind you, you know, and the support of everyone. Um, I'd definitely consider it if I had a, if I had a good song and yeah, and people wanted me enough. Would you be would. more inclined to do it if you didn't have to go through an initial maybe, you know, competition on one of the shows like The Late Late? I mean, is it more likely you'd do it if they just said, listen, we'll go with you, Roshi. Yeah. You can <laughs> do you sing. Know, do you know what, Miriam? I would definitely do that. Yeah, yeah you know, okay. I think I, I understand the reasoning behind uh, the TV show, but um, yeah, it's it, that's it's a difficult part to get past, I would say. But uh, yeah, maybe if if they were just to ask me, yeah, do you want to go? Like, I think it'd be difficult to say no. <laughs> <laughs> One of our listeners, Therese and Dublin, says, Miriam, fabulous song by Rosh, you know, not only a really talented singer and songwriter, but she's also a really lovely and courteous person. Mm. I don't know her, but observed her interaction with other people. Best of uh, luck, Rosh. And that's, that's really lovely. quite sweet. Yeah. Last night you were playing a gig in Shannon Bridge. How did yes. that go? Oh, it was brilliant. You can hear from my voice how good it was. I'm a bit hoarse this morning. Um, no, it was a brilliant, brilliant festival, a small festival in Shannon Bridge and I was uh, headlining the main stage. So it was my first time headlining a festival. So I, I was, yeah, chuffed. It was really good fun. Do you get nervous or not still, like if you're headlining a festival or are you chilled? Do you know, I get, I get nervous in the lead up. I get, I get, I get a stressed about the logistics of, of the gig and making sure everything goes smoothly before I get there and, and everybody's you know ready and the band were all rehearsed and everything but once I get there it's like all the work is done nearly and I can I can enjoy it a lot more now if it's a if if it was a headline show say in, in Whelan's or I've one coming up in the academy those are the ones that I get most nervous about but it's not even about the gig it's 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 more like have I have I prepared enough for this <laughs> those feelings but no I love getting on stage I yeah, no, I wouldn't be. Do you have a routine? Like, do you eat certain things? Do you not eat? Do you drink certain things? Do you not drink? Do you say a prayer? Do you not say a prayer? <laughs> um, I I try not to eat too close to singing because yeah. yeah, it's works more, more difficult on a full stomach. I I always have a glass of red wine with my dinner to calm me down <laughs> beforehand. Beforehand, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And 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 have time to relax and chill with the band beforehand. They, the the guys in the band, they you know they relax me and they're great to be around. Uh, get rid of my stress a bit, but yeah. Just just relax as much as I can, which I uh, find difficult to do before the big gigs. But yeah, not surprising. Look, we're <laughs> in the middle, as I said earlier, of the festival season. And I know you're playing a number of festivals. I mentioned them later on. But do you enjoy festivals? I love festivals. Absolutely. Like Electric Picnic is my like favourite time of the year yeah, by it's far. It's such a, a magical weekend. And, and there's so many great festivals now. And there's more and more popping up these little small ones in smaller towns that the community just rally around and it's it's really lovely to see it like Shannon Bridge last night it was it was a great festival and they're and they're only sort of still sort of starting out but it's just beautiful community vibe you know it's brilliant I love it and 
do you have a preference maybe for the bigger stage like the Academy coming up in December the 7th or or the more intimate gigs or does it really not matter to you? Um, I had like my, my last Dublin show was there in Whelan's and it, to be honest like I, you know I've played three arena I've played the Olympia I've played Vicar Street and, and that gig in Whelan's I think was one of my favourite gigs ever in my whole life and and I think it was because the, like obviously uh, the, everyone was there knew the album I had released the album a year before and they were singing every single word back to me of songs that weren't singles you know and, and I was just absolutely blown away by that crowd and yeah, it was it was a really special show, and I and I can see when you can see the progression from where I started out and on that show, and then booking then the Academy, my biggest show yet, then in December, it it's just an amazing feeling to to see the progress and and see the new fans coming in and the old ones there for so long. It's yeah. Imagine. Yeah, which is amazing. And you had the last time we spoke, you were telling me about the battles as a female artist, which many female artists, even like Taylor Swift, has gone on about and the sexism that sometimes you all encounter. Is that an ongoing battle or has it got better? I think it's definitely gotten better for me because I've I've been around a bit and I I think people know me now. But I, as I said, I was saying to Corey, your producer there before, like I, I remember being younger and and being on stage and I have my guitar and my pedals and the sound engineer at the venue will come up and ask my guitarist beside me, oh, what's the story with her pedals? You know, I'm like, Jeez. he's like, why don't you ask her? Like, you know, they just, you know, the, those things. And it's, it, I'm not, I'm not like bad mouthing that one person, no. but it, I, I see it happening. It still happens a little bit, like say people asking about the tracks, like, and assume that they'll ask the drummer, but really I've put all the, tra- the tracks together, you know, and I, I tell them what's going on. And I think that it can be normal in any industry. I think the women in the room often have to work harder than the men mm. at the same level and and um, often people can assume that the male instrumentalist beside you is better just because they're a male <laughs> and 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 I think I'm, I'm not I, I don't like to come on and and go on and go on about it in the yeah. music industry because I do think we've gotten better and the women that are coming up now have proven that mm. and um, you know I, I I still think there's a struggle at all levels even at radio to, you you can see now in the in the top twenty say last week there was one Irish female in the Irish female top twenty and the Irish top twenty in on Irish radio just one just one and all on just the Irish wow. okay so this is in the UK it's it's it uh, in in radio at large it's more even but uh, last week I think it was CMAT was number twelve and the rest of the twenty were were all males or male led bands and it's tough to see that when I know the great Irish female mm. music that that is out there and I think it needs a help at all levels you know to 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 get past that in Ireland particularly and yeah I I can see it happening more and more great acts like Amy Leah Hart Ruth Ann you know Alvaretti. Yeah. Uh, Orla Gartland, uh, Ham Sandwich. There's so many brilliant acts that if there was just a little bit more time on on air and in all spaces given out that that they would get to the same level as as the men in, in Irish music. So interesting. Uh, Dave Malahide texted to say the first gig we went to after COVID was Roshino in the Button Factory. My wife had lost her mum at the start of COVID and a phrase of hers was you're in the bones of me. Well Heart and Bones is a beautiful song and best of luck in your career. Your voice and presence are amazing. That's oh that's, that's so, so lovely nice. to hear. And Thank actually you. texters want to know the name of that song so there it is Heart and Bones.
You, of course, were a member of the Women in Harmony group. Mm -hmm. Remind people about Women in Harmony because you recorded your number one single, Dreams, in 2020. But you're about so much more than that, aren't you? Yeah, well, you know, like that came about Ruth Ann. um, She got in touch with all of us and put the whole thing together. And I don't think any of us could have realised how <laughs> how insanely huge it became. It was right, it like at the depths of of the first lockdown, and um and obviously dreams. Uh, the cranberries cover went to number one, and we all recorded it at home and sent mm-hmm. in little videos. And um, you know, like the uh, the girls that it has uh, they they it has ch- changes around the people who sings on the songs and and stuff like that. And I I haven't recorded with them since then but we're still in touch we're in a WhatsApp group Fab. and I, I'm telling you this WhatsApp group has completely changed my my outlook on things it's it's such an amazing space to, I, I often feel I've said this before to Kirsty in that interview in The Independent mm. that that before particularly before I was in Irish Women in Harmony you can often feel, feel pitted against other women yeah. in the industry because there is this small space for oh we need to get X amount of, or one woman on this bill yeah. or else people will give out so oftentimes you don't interact with the other women in the industry because you're only the usually the only <laughs> one there and uh, doing this it was, it was really nice to meet all these uh, women who are in this industry and and to see that we're all in completely the same boat and that, that like we're if we just to be there for each other and 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 share our stories of oh, what do you think about this or do you guys have advice on this and everybody comes in with their experience and it bolsters us and you know we're there for each other and it it was a huge support group I think that that we didn't know we needed you know yeah. that was a, an amazing thing to be part of and 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 yeah definitely changed I think the way we looked at at the industry and made us more there for each other rather than you know as uh, fighting for that same piece of the cake you which know? is great because yeah. it's like empowerment but even in a big Huge. group yeah. yeah now you're busy writing yeah um, hard to follow your last great album Courageous <laughs> but when might you finish that and do you find it difficult to write or do you find it easy to write and do you have a routine about writing do you sit down and say right I need to write this song today yeah, I, I, it's the, I find it most difficult to be honest. I, I always was adverse to it. I never thought I was any good at songwriting, and it's only in the last few years I was like, oh, actually, you're I, very I, I'm good. All right, yeah. like I can do this, but it's still, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I try. Usually January, February every year, I go down to Dingle. And uh, nicest and I, place in Ireland. Yeah, and it's the best time. Like yeah. to, when everything is is so horrible that time of the year, it's the best place to be and uh, try and write music around then. Um, and yeah, I really I have to work at it, and I ha- I have to push myself to do it more. Um, but when, it's funny when I, once I do it, I always feel feel great after it, you know. So no, I'm hoping um, hopefully next year, yeah, I'll, I'll have another album, but I'll definitely have music, new music out uh, at the end of the summer. Fantastic. Now. You're performing in the coming weeks ahead at a couple of festivals. Do you want to tell me about them? Yeah, I, I'm. What am I doing next weekend? I'm doing a Kaleidoscope. Um, I'm on the main stage on the Friday. That's in Rossborough House in Wicklow, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Before Bewitched, which I'm super excited Fantastic. about. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm doing Kilkenny Festival with Imelda May on the first of July. Of yeah. July, and then I'm doing what else? Forest Festival. Forest Festival. Yeah, I'm doing. Um, up in Derry in August and oh the playing field 
reels as well. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'll be announcing a few more at the end of the summer. too. Yeah, but look, your biggest headline show is coming up. It's the Academy in Dublin on December the 7th. Everyone should go. And tickets are on sale now from Ticketmaster or from or from Roisin O Music on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Follow the link there. Follow the link. It's always a pleasure, Roisin O. As a, one of so our much. listeners texted in, you're not just super talented, you're also a beautiful person. Oh, thanks, Miriam. Safe journey. You and we got your cappuccino. <laughs> oh, so you can, yeah. Chuffed. Exciting yeah, thanks, times. Guys. We'll take a break.